Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Thank you, Steve. I'm Scott, and I'm joined by Matthew. Matthew, how are you going? Uh, very tired. Scotty, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, first, we'll uh, dive in, unfortunately, another loss against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Yeah, uh, more heartbreaking than the week before. I'd rather get smashed than lose in the fashion that we did on the weekend. Um, going into it, didn't really have much hope of any type of performance, to be honest. The boys got the hopes up, uh, just to, well, one player in particular, let us down. Well, we'll jump in a little bit into more detail later and do our players of the match. First, we'll see what's going around, uh, going around at the Bulldogs. Uh at the moment, Tim Lifey has returned back to Belmore. What do you what do you make of this one? A uh, good deal for both sides. Good deal for Tim. It's just for the end of uh, twenty twenty. So it gives him an opportunity to prove himself and get a contract going forward uh, anywhere around the league or the league playing world. Uh, and then probably a good deal for the Dogs, uh, bolstering those outside backs. Um, hopefully, he can kick on. Uh, show us his potential and maybe earn a contract with us for next season as well. For those uh, not too sure, Tim Lafay did play 74 games for the club between 2011 and 2015. He scored 30 tries, kicking six goals, 132 points, winning 44 of those matches before departing to the Dragons in 2016 to obviously coming back this year. He's played 91 games for the Dragons for 18 tries and 19 goals. Uh, definitely had some experience and he's played a number of matches for Samoa as well. I must say it is not a bad signing considering that our outside backs and our centres are just to add some depth to that position. Also, reports suggesting around that Corey Haria Naira will be off to the green machine. Yeah, I don't know. I can't picture him in the Raiders jersey. Uh, left by... Um, I was a bit surprised he wasn't named for this week, actually. Yeah, I was going to say that, and I was going to actually suggest that in the actual... the ma- When we speak about the match against Newcastle, uh, Kieran Foran cleared of any serious toe injury. He said it felt similar to the toe injury he suffered a couple of years ago what finished his season at the Bulldogs. Uh, it's swollen. He said he's touch and go for this week's match. He'll definitely be a massive blow if he can't uh, be na- can't play this weekend. Yeah, well, that clears up the questions around why he didn't return in the second half after passing his HIA assessment. Um, look, probably in this stage of his career, better be safe than sorry uh, with his history of injuries. Actually, I just was a bit surprised with the conflicting reports. He obviously... Saw him with the toe injury, then he was told to get off the field because of the uh, how he went down with an injury after the stoppage. So he had to spend a set outside the field. Return. Which I'm still surprised by. Sorry, I'm surprised that um, people in the rugby league world don't actually know that rule. That's crazy to me. Commentators and even our interim coach admitting he doesn't know, didn't know that rule. Interesting for a coach to admit that. I didn't actually hear that. But uh, Kieran Foran set a set outside of the field. Returning, you could see he was struggling. He was limping a little bit when he returned to the field, and then he copped a, a shoulder to the head for his troubles, a, a, a late hit, which saw him go off the HIA. The Fox Sports, Fox Sports reported that he passed his HIA and he'll be good to return, just never returned. It was just surprising that the Bulldogs 
I don't know, were they trying to keep dragons on suspense? That he's going to come and finish off the game? I don't know what the achievement with that is. Potentially, uh, halfway through the second half, after Fox realising that he still hasn't come back on, they did do a follow-up, and the news from the dogs was that he was ready to go, it's just up to the coach. So obviously, the 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 club, the Bulldogs, were playing some games there with... Um, I don't know why, um, or if it is to keep the Dragons off off the off the scent, but um, he obviously played some games there. You'd have to think, though, if uh, he comes back on in that second half, um, there's a different result at the end of that game. Yeah, that's, I was going to mention some of that while we're talking about the actual game. Another one with Kieran Foran, reports suggesting that he wants to turn the club around. He wants to be a part of the club. He's not after a big deal. Reports suggesting around that three to 400000 value a season is this a yes i believe a couple of weeks ago you were keen for the right price the price has been suggested like i said around that three to four hundred thousand mark is that the right price for kieran for him salary crap will be up around 9.6 million for 21 i believe uh or it could be even higher so uh kieran for yeah around three hundred thousand. i think um one year deal on that uh would be beneficial to the club especially with the rebuild and all that kind of thing going on um, his experience would be valued, in my opinion. What? Uh, I thought it was a bargain. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it gives you the ability to sign maybe another half and pair him up uh, in the halves with whoever you sign, as well as having like your, your Wakeham and your Coggers as backup. Mm. If that's the case, it gives us some depth in those halves. If Foran does go down injured for a whole season again, which would be unfortunate... Um, you've got that other half as well, so we'll be better prepared and better set to take on that kind of loss than we are currently. Mm. Reports suggesting, I mean, looks like it's almost, but it hasn't been confirmed by the club officially, that Raiders winger Nick Kotrick will be at the Bulldogs next year for starting a three-year deal, suggested around that 600-plus thousand mark a year. I was going to say an origin representative. Uh, at the age of 21, and played in a grand final as well last season. He's uh, got a lot of success very early on in his career. Well, i got to say it's pretty much confirmed with uh, Curtis Scott saying goodbye on Instagram. <laughs> that, was the actually, stories. that was my next thing I was going to say. That he, <laughs> Well, we do know he's um, not the Raiders next year. We'll say that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty safe to, safe to say that he'll be at the Bulldogs. Um bit twisted about this one, actually. I was all for getting Nick Kotrick to the club. I think he's a, a valuable player for any club in the NRL. Um, I, I was thinking that we'd play him on the wing and he'd get our sets off to a great start. Big body, fast, strong, athletic. Uh, great start to uh, sets for Canberra. But one of the main reasons that he is leaving Canberra is they, they see him as a long-term winger. So did I. Uh, but he wants to play centre, so... He's coming to us as a centre, apparently. Which is a bit weird. Sorry, just a bit weird when you got um, Hopper, like, uh, a couple of these players we've got a list might be off contract, but Hoppawati, Montoya, Smith, um, all those players that have played in and around that position. Uh, Avrilio, all those players that could play Tim centre. Tim Wi-Fi. Tim um, And we've just signed a winger for centre, so... Interesting, interesting to see how they balance that out. Um, not totally against him playing at centre. Just, uh, I was just excited to see him on the wing. To be honest, though, I feel like a wing is more valuable. Excuse me, a wing is more valuable than a centre in the modern game. 
Interesting. Yeah, like we've spoken about in the past with Remus Smith being on the wing. Bit similar thoughts, like you said, the athletical, speedy, big body. Um, reports again are suggesting that the Bulldogs might have a major sponsor this week, but yet to know what it is or who it is. Yeah, is we'll try to keep we'll try to keep this one under wraps. But NRL Bulldogs fan podcast going to be on the front of the jersey. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what money do you have? Because I don't have anything to put into it. <laughs> It's been so under wraps that Scott doesn't even know about. Um, no. It's just coming uh, out look, my bank account. Look, uh, that's exciting. It's supposed to come along with the news that we've signed Trent Barrett at the same time, uh, from what I've heard, what I've read in reports. Um, I wonder who it is. Um, I hope we haven't... I don't think we've undersold the jersey, uh, assuming how long it's taken to fill that spot. Um, we're one of the clubs that are happy to go bear, bear sponsor if... We don't get the right price. We've we've done that before, mm. so uh, I'm happy with that. Um, like to know a little bit more about it and who it is. I'm hoping my number one hope is that uh, it will be able to be integrated into the jersey nicely. I hope it's a blue logo, and if it's not a blue logo, I think uh, whoever the sponsor is would actually be quite smart to change their logo blue because um, the amount of good credit you get from the rugby league family for doing something like that. Is incredible when you look around the league and see some of the some of the sponsors that have integrated into the jerseys and have not integrated into the jerseys, uh, and the ones that have are the ones that get probably more airtime as far as support from the fans, uh, talking on throughout games and all that sort of thing. I've definitely noticed that. Yeah, um, that's a true. Like, good point you make. The big talk with when Kia was sponsoring the Bulldogs as major sponsor, the big red. Kia logo stamped on from the jersey, left a few fans in sour taste. The Broncos have changed their jersey a little bit. I know it's black, but it kind of fits the Broncos jersey a little bit better. Um, I was going to say that it is a difficult time for a sponsor to sign up. It is, I mean, it's not ideal with a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> What's interrupted the season, let alone thing. So I'm excited to see who the major sponsor is. Um, I wonder if it's going to be Rache's. I don't know. But I would have thought they might have tried to announce it before the next home game against the Eels and actually have it for a home game. Yeah, if, if the deal's done, though, you want it to be on the TV. Yeah, you? they, uh, they the sponsor does. The sponsor does, yeah. definitely. <laughs> well, and, and the club does, too, because you, you want to service your sponsors as a club. Mm. Um, absolutely. Uh, I, I must say, when we wear the blue jersey, yep. I don't really see the sponsor missing, if that makes sense. It doesn't look as noticeable. Look, and it... look, this year's jersey would have been the best jersey to buy if you if you really love jerseys, if they completed the V. Mm. It's, mm. A, it's a bugbear of mine, and some people might not care, but look, if you don't have a sponsor, don't have a place for a sponsor. Have the complete V. I would have brought two jerseys this year if it was a complete V. Um, and like... In my mind, I don't know how you think about it, Scotty, but when we have a sponsor that cuts off our V, in my mind, the V's still there. It's just behind the sponsor. Mm, yeah, so to, yeah, and then have it at the so, bottom, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. to have um, the V cut off like that, I thought it was a bad decision. Uh, okay, so you've interrupted my next one saying Trent Barrett is expected to be announced the coach next year. You've already mentioned that. Uh, well, we mentioned is, that last week. There is speculation. <laughs> yeah, we did. There's speculation that... He's starting to do some recruiting for the Bulldogs next year. I mean, this comes every time I 
believe the names have been chucked out as Matt Burton from the Penrith Panthers, who's actually contracted to the end of next year. However, not getting any bench spot time anymore with Tyrone May coming back into the starting lineup. Uh, sorry, into the bench, sorry, for Penrith. So Matt Burton could be a player that could follow Trent Barrett. There was talks of potentially a Stephen Crichton as well. And then some talks that um, from the Manly section is uh, Will Hopawati's brother coming through the grades at Manly could follow as uh, he's still got a good relationship, the Manly players, uh, with Trent Barrett. So... Is that um, one Albert Hopperwhite, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Albert Hopperwhite, yeah. Yeah, he's centre, centre fullback. Yeah. Um, Not the second And then Charlie right, Staines. No, no, no. Charlie no. Staines, yeah. Well, and Charlie Staines, being a Penrith winger, fullback in the reserve grades, scored the four tries on debut. Another player tipped to follow to get a, a regular starting position. I mean, Panthers would be pretty damn pissed if they lost all those players. <laughs> Well, it would really uh, gain weight to that joke that we heard a little bit last year, isn't it? The Canterbury Bankstown Panthers. Uh, Dallin would tell us, let's see, Corey, Maria, Harry, uh, and Naira. Um, we signed a few from Penrith mm. recently. Um, look, you'd expect that. Uh, I think I did a tweet um, just off my Twitter account a couple of weeks ago, actually, saying that. If Penrith are going to persist with Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai in the halves, as well as having Tyrone May in the squad, uh, we should target Matt Burden. And I'm glad that the club has. Uh, I think we might be a chance at getting him. I hope we get him. Um, every time I see him play, it's... Sorry about the Nines earlier this year when we were in Perth. Um, and every time I see him play in the NRL, he's he's really stepped up to the mark, and he, he's got he's one of those players that you you watch play and you go, wow, he's a he's a class player. You just can't really describe exactly what it is. It's just a touch of cl- a touch of class. Uh, Stephen Crichton, I think half the competition will probably be after what people are calling the next Israel for Lau. Uh, so hopes not as high there. Uh, hopefully we can get Charlie Staines. Apparently he's a fullback. Um, more than a winger. So, mm. uh, he, showed I mean, he... Some, showed some skill, uh, that kind of thing on his debut as well. Unfortunately, he then broke quarantine. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that'd be exciting for you players there. I haven't well, seen too much, just before you jump in there, I haven't seen too much of Albert Hopperwhitey play, though, so I couldn't really comment. No, fair, fair point there with Hopperwhitey. Uh, with... Charlie Staines, he might even come to the club if he's got a guaranteed winger spot open. He might come, you know, playing top grade week in, week out because he's still very young. You know, he might yeah. make the transition to fullback a few years. He might back himself if he wants to play fullback to transition to the Bulldogs fullback in a few years' time. Um, might be a little target for him Definitely. because at the moment he's not guaranteed anything at the Panthers. He just filled in. He was a late replacement against the uh, Sharks when he scored those four tries. So, Mm. Our wingers, NRL winger, is better than a New South Cup fullback for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, so have I covered everything, Matthew, what's been happening at Belmore? Because there is a lot happening. It's a lot going on. Uh, well, you're running the show today, Scotty. Like I said to you before recording, I've done very little notes this week. Uh, no type of preparation. So if we've missed it, it's on you, buddy. Well, cool. I'll take that. But it is a Tuesday night. <laughs> a Tuesday. Something will happen. Uh, 
Main I think sponsor. a couple of minutes, Trent Barrett will be announced. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure of it. Yeah, okay, so we'll, that'll be in the next week's one, if you're listening. Like we uh, mentioned earlier in the show, the Bulldogs went down to, against the St. George Illawarra Dragons 28-22. Very much you can describe that loss as heartbreaking. Um, and it didn't start off too well for the Bulldogs, conceding two tries within the ten minute, in the first 10 minutes of the game. I'll just quickly run through the try list and I'll get your opinion of the game. Uh, for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, Matt Dufty scored in the first minute, Ewan Aiken in the seventh. Jason Saab in the 65th, Matt Dufty in the 72nd, and Corey Norman at the end in the 78th minute. Zach Lomax was four from five from the boot. For the Bulldogs, Jeremy Marshall King scored his first try of the season in the 20th minute, Nick Meany in the 29th, and Raymond Fatala Marin in the 33rd. Nick Meany was perfect with the boot, kicking three from three goals and kicking two from two penalty goals. Uh interesting. It was actually, I thought it was quite interesting, but I want to see your thoughts on the game. Well, after the opening set, I was a bit worried. So I remember, I think I got a text message from you saying 60 nil or 50 nil, oh, something like that. I think that was about 10 minutes into the game. Yeah, um, <laughs> opening set and uh, the Dragons off the kickoff of the match score a try off the fifth tackle kick. Uh, got a bit of a lucky bounce, a bit of a freak try, but it just looked, as soon as you saw it, you're like, oh no, here we yeah. go. And then uh, they backed it up. Not long after, with a with another soft try, and it just had that feel about it, didn't it? Well, this is going to be fifty nil to the Dragons. Um, pulled our way back though, climbed back into the game, and we got out to a fairly strong lead by, or well, in the second half there, um, or by half time, and then kicked a penalty goal in the second half. Uh, I think you summed it up right. It was heartbreaking. The final play from. Um, uh, Lachlan Lewis, what were you thinking, mate? I don't know. Um, just threw the game away, really. Mm. Well, we went into the sheds with a, a 22-10 lead. Yeah. We walked in, Steve Jardalis walking down the, the stairs of... He had a bit of swagger, didn't he? Yeah, a bit of a whistle, I think, going down the thing. He looked happy, he looked confident, he looked good, and he should have looked good. I mean, what a... It was a... a beautiful. It was a... Easy, you could have easily, like you said, it had that feeling about a 60 nil rubbing, it, a smashing. It had that, and then the Bulldogs came back and uh, scored a couple of tries. Uh, sorry, it was a 20 to 10 at halftime. Sorry, uh, with Meany kicking a penalty goal in the second half, was the only points added by the Bulldogs in the second half at all. Uh, I mean, the loss of Q and Foreign turned out to be costly, probably was the match there. Uh, it was. Yeah, not so much um, um, his skill or anything like that, but his game management, we sorely missed that second half. Um, there was a few questions. Actually, I was just going to actually, before we highlight players, I was actually watching the first half, and I must say, that was probably one of, I was going to say, Lachlan Lewis's better halves in top grade. And he hasn't been in, uh, I know he has, he's only played the 30 matches, but I actually saw some variety in his kicking game. It wasn't. It wasn't just straight up, straight down, and hope for the best. There was actually some kicks for touch. There was different style of kicks. I mean, didn't cause any try assists or anything exciting. I actually saw some variety in his kicking game, and I thought, okay, this is something you can build on. Um, then in the second half, I thought, you know, 
Yes, you lost your senior, your senior, uh, like the the man who's played over two hundred game, yeah, two hundred games. Yeah, yep. I mean it's not. I mean it's it's not good when you lose your half who's played two hundred games and your other half's played under fifty. But he's played thirty NRL games. Um, it wasn't hard to manage because there were some questionable moments in the second half where he gave a seven tackle set, and the thing what, I mean, how do I wear this? It's when you can see what a player is trying to achieve and they just don't execute it correctly and you can see what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. I can I can live with that. I can yes, live with that. Having a crack. Yeah, yeah, I can live with that. I mean, I, I'll just pull a Souths game at the moment. Adam Reynolds is trying to get a repeat set against Newcastle. Well, even if you go back to um, the game we played against Souths, we got mm. beat comfortably and we'll say, well, on this podcast, we'll say, well, we proved performance. They almost got there. There's a couple mm. of drop balls. Yeah, and there was a couple. Yeah, a couple of balls where if they stuck, we could have actually won. But I was just going to just highlight Adam Reynolds against Newcastle. I know it's not the NRL podcast or thing. I saw Adam Reynolds trying to get a repeat set against Newcastle. Mm. He kicked the ball dead, but I could see what he was trying to do. I could see what he was trying to achieve, and he was trying to hook it back in to make it almost impossible to get out. The execution was off, and he was frustrated with himself. He was absolutely furious with himself that he didn't execute that because you know, he, yeah, he knew that he's a better player than that. He yeah. knows that what his standard is. Lachlan Lewis put a kick in to Matt Dufty. Went straight up, straight down. There was no height to it. There was no pressure. The players around him had no idea what was going on. So I couldn't see what he was trying to achieve. And I thought, oh, maybe we'll see a filthy Lachlan Lewis. Nope. Just runs back to the 30. And uh, I'm like, when I can't, I could not see what he was trying to achieve. And that was a very big turning point, the seven tackle set mm. in the game. And Nothing wrong. Where was the field goal? Attempted field goal would have made a 13-point ball game. And then he had a chance to make it a 7-point ball game. Yeah, I wonder if that was a um, confidence thing. Mm. He has kicked one in the first grade before, but um, I don't know. He's got the... It looks to me as he's got the attitude of the type of guy that would normally love to kick a field goal. Mm. You know you know what I mean. There's a few players out there that just kick field goals even... Um, or well, whatever they could get away with it. Uh, Adam Reynolds, Cherry Evans. Brayton you know, Astor. <laughs> um, they love a field goal. Uh, Brayton Astor kicking a lot of own goals at the moment. Uh, in the commentary box. <laughs> um, what we talking about? But yeah, but um, I thought uh, Lachlan Lewis would be along the same lines, but he looked like he um, shrunk mm. when he had he the did. opportunity. Look, Lachlan Lewis is not why we lost the game. But there was a couple of really poor decisions that definitely hurt, hurt, hurted us. Is hurt it a word? Mm, no, mm. I don't think so. That no. <laughs> definitely hurt us. Mm. And just that one, there's a seven tackle set I've actually was more filthy at because the kick you could have grabbed it in the end goal, could have put it a little bit shorter and a bit higher to get players chasing in. There could have been like different, could have went for a field goal. If he missed the field goal mm. and gave him a seven tackle set, and you just go, okay, like, yep, when, you know, he's trying to get up by 13, he's trying to get up by seven with small time frame. I can see his, I could not understand what he was thinking. I don't know what he was doing with that kick, which really annoyed me because it's just so frustrating. And that pass to Marcelo Montoya, that one just dipped at his knees. That's right. And look, it came out later. Like, a lot of people were saying they feel sorry for Montoya because he didn't deserve to drop it, uh, which. I agree with uh, to an extent. It came out afterwards that Matoya just got a finger in the eye like a minute beforehand too, so he couldn't actually see what was um, 
happening oh, where the ball actually was. But regardless of whether Matoya was blind or not, uh, heading into the final uh, final play of the game, with what, 30 seconds left, you're in yeah. your own half, you're going to go to golden point, you do not throw a, what, a 30-metre cutout ball at your centre who's running full speed at his bloody knee. Mm. And it hit his knee flush. Really yeah. Cool. As soon as he threw it, as as he threw it, I was like, oh no. It, well before it got anywhere near Montoya. Mm. And it was, it was so, so bad. It was, we're not down. We went down by two points with a minute to go. You, you get that? If you were down by two points and he threw that pass, you can see him trying to make something happen. We weren't down at all when this pass was happening. We're level. You you think you take the set out, take it, like you said, take, take it to golden, golden point. point. Yeah. Or if you're lucky, your forwards get you in a, a last a last strike. In that situation, you might have been lucky to get to the forty or the fifty meter line. We have to take a a snapshot and Lock see if you get it. Shot, yeah. Because yeah. if you miss it, more than likely, if you miss it and you kick it decently, it will go eventually go out, or the dragons will probably run it out. Because they don't really put themselves in a position where they're trying to... Like, Dufty might have gone for a run, then when he's realised there's Bulldogs jerseys around him, mm. he would have either surrendered in the tackle or walked himself out. So, to be levelled and throw that ball, it was just boggling. And poor Montoya, I mean, oh, like, for him to think... But what annoyed me the most before we jump into our players quickly is if you were watching on Foxtel, uh, that game... Else? Oh, yeah, you couldn't watch it on that channel, the blame on Monsella Montoya. He dropped the ball. Like, you know, there wasn't a suggestion that the, the pass yeah. was a poor idea. That's what I was alluding to uh, just a second ago when I said uh, the guys were saying that Montoya didn't deserve to drop it. I wasn't blaming Montoya at all for that. Yeah, so the, it's just game management from Lachlan Lewis. Uh, again, very disappointing. It's just, for a halfback. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, well, no, just before we do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I just thought of this just now. Uh, I saw a tweet, and I can't remember who it was from, but um, somebody tweeted, a Bulldogs fan tweeted, that he's been trying to stick up for Lachlan Lewis all season. He can't anymore <laughs> after that performance. So it's not just uh, you and I beating up on him, um, or you and I have a problem with him, which we, we don't, but... Um, if anyone out there thinking, geez, these two are going a bit rough on him, uh, I think that's a sentiment at the moment amongst the majority of fans. Mm. Um, I mean, jump yeah, on sorry. Twitter. Jump on Twitter after the game and you typed his name in on Twitter if you wanted to see something. Uh, there was a lot of unfriendly comments about yeah. local Lewis in that pass and that seven-tackle set. These accounts that are tweeting this aren't your typical keyboard warrior accounts. These are fans that have a you know, solid grasp on, on the mm. game. Uh, how about these for some stats, Scotty? I won't tell you who it was, but zero try assist, five runs, 27 metres, 29 tackles. What do you I think mean, of that? Uh, Lachlan Lewis is the answer. Well, it wasn't a question, but <laughs> I, was tr- I was trying to frame it as, uh, don't worry who it was, but a player plays in the halves, zero try assist, five runs, 27 metres, 29 tackles. Mm. What do you make of that? It's a poor, like... He had a position of the game. I mean, I suppose the end of the game, I, you don't always get try assists and stuff like that, even though he's meant to create stuff. 
He just needs to seal the. He just needs to finish off the game. Okay, zero try involvement. No, oh, that's that's poor. I mean, not even to be involved in anything. But in saying that, this the second half would have meant my test to him would have been just trying to seal, finish that game off. He didn't have to have a try assist. It was just you no know, putting the right kicks in, not giving away seven tackles set when you, especially from a chip kick at the fullback on the chest, and then he went back to his old kicking style where he's just picking out the the back three in the second half. Yeah giving us no roll-on or anything, giving them roll-on. And his first half, he was a little bit better if he's kicking, finding the grass a little bit more. Well, when I saw those stats, I was like, I felt straight away that was poor. So I thought I'd compare it to his opposite number. There was opposite number, Adam Clune. How many games has he played? Three, four? Well, like he that? debuted against us this year. Yes, was that four games? Yeah, four or five, yeah. Yeah. One try assist, 11 runs for 117 metres. One tackle break, one line break, 11 tackles. Mm. Solid. That's if a player with uh, 80 games, 100 games, came up with that at halfback, he'd be like, that's a, that's a solid game. Mm, good game. Maybe Lachlan Lewis is focusing too much on defense, mm. making tackles, making getting involved in the tackling. I don't know. Maybe teams are targeting him as well to, to well, show the other side, but... Um, 29 tackles to 11. Surely the Dragons didn't target Lachlan Lewis that much more than we would have targeted Adam Clune. Mm. One thing I found fascinating, actually, was brought up on the Fox Sports lab. Uh, Matt Dufty, in his last five games, so this is talking about the pre-COVID shutdown, mm. has five try assists, four tries not including the two he just scored to, um, in that game. That was a kickoff. The highest Bulldogs try assist, try assist player was Kieran Fawn with three. <laughs> All right, let's get into the positives. Player of the week. Oh, yeah, player of the week. <laughs> yeah, we've got player of the week, but we usually like to highlight some people first that if we haven't highlighted, do you want to highlight anyone or you've only got the oh, well, two? I've, I've highlighted the, uh, I've low-lighted some people there. So uh, you go with the highlights and then we'll give our points. Well, I'm going to highlight Dylan Napa. I thought it was one of his best games he's played for the Bulldogs. Um, we've been pretty harsh on him. We've had some opinions. Yep. But over 145, 145 run metres, 58 post-contact metres. He made 36 tackles with not even one missed tackle. That's impressive stats. And he played for 58 minutes. I did question earlier in the podcast, Kent, should we like shorten his time to maybe up the impact? But that mm. was quite an impressive game. Um, Raymond Fatale and Mariner, I thought, was solid again. Uh, sorry, before you move on, um, well, you just took one of my players' highlights. Uh, so I'll just say now that you've mentioned him, that's one point to deal with on the Player of the Year awards from my side. Well, there you go. He breaks the duck head. <laughs> yeah, I think he becomes the eighth player that goes on the leaderboard. I want to highlight Raymond Vitale and Mariner, who again played 80 minutes on the edge. He got a try. He made 113 metres off 12 runs. He made 49 post-contact metres, four tackle breaks, a line break, which led to his try. Uh, 34 tackles. Another solid game for Raymond. I mean, there's a little bit of handling errors there, but uh, I love the um, X-Factor he brings, and he just barged his way over. In his try against the, his try against the Dragons on the weekend, he just forced his way through. Mm. So I'm giving him a highlight for that game. Fantastic. Are we going into my points now? Uh, well, I've already given out my one, so 
I'll give out my... No, actually, you give out your one, and then we'll do our two, because I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, the person that got two points uh, got two points from both of us, and they got, a, <laughs> got an extra point. Uh, so that person, I think, becomes the first person to get five points in a week. Oh, wow. That's it. So I, I don't... Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm saying that to the, the listeners, but I don't think we've named a player for two points on the same list before. There you go. Well, maybe, last year, maybe we have. I don't last know. year we named a lot before this concept. <laughs> we named a fair bit of me on the matches, or we highlighted the same three, or the like. If yeah. we highlight, yeah. Anyway, well, now that I'm matter. saying it, maybe we did. But look at that <laughs> leaderboard. I don't. It's not too many players over over five points, so I don't don't feel like we have. Okay, so I'm going to give my one point to the uh, Englishman Luke Thompson. Uh, he played 64 minutes. Again, yes, he's wearing number 13, but you can see he's a prop on the field, an additional prop. Uh, 13 runs for 127 metres, 54 post-contact metres, 34 tackles. Uh, he runs with uh, aggression. Uh, there was a few times he just absolutely bolted at them like there was no one in front of him. He was running like... Uh, it looked like he was running like no one was standing in front of him, like he was going for a hole. Mm. But Dean, running into a, a war. Dean Pay was correct when he said that um he's well he's Dean Pay said that um he'd had he'd never seen a forward with as much leg speed as Luke Thompson. Mm. And you could you could see that. Uh, you watch Aiden Tolman take a hit up and it feels like he takes four or five steps to run ten meters and Luke Thompson's taken twenty five steps. <laughs> <laughs> but the leg speed's like it's, it's like that, so Okay, so you've made the call. Right, that we have the same player. So I want to see if you can put your money where your mouth is, and I want you to name your two points. Tell me why you gave you two points, and I will confirm or deny if you got the right player, okay? <laughs> for a bit enough. of fun. All right, uh, this player scored a try. He ran for 198 metres and made four tackle breaks. My two points went to Lick Mini. Well, you're spot on. Nick Mini was my two points as well. Uh, yeah, I may have already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> but anyway, dangerous. I want to just, that try, I want to highlight. Mm. When he scored that, he had the Dragons players in two minds. He was running. He had Christian Crichton unmarked, or he had Christian Crichton kind of like the winger Saab was deciding to jam or take on his opposite man. He had uh he, had, he could have used Christian Crichton. The way he ran the ball, he had the two hands on the ball, Nick Meany. Possibly could have passed it, could have ran. He had the Dragons plays all in two minds and scored the try. And I was just thinking, when we've gone back to our fullbacks this year, Dallin Watteni Zalesniak, who got the first crack at fullback, great, great running game. He runs, but the, opposi- the opposition know that he's going to run more than he passes the ball. He's got a hard running game. Mm, yeah. Hard and fast, yeah. And um, that worked for us last year really well because yeah. our other fullback we've played with is Will Hopawati, who's got a really good passing game. Yeah. However, he doesn't seem to threaten anyone when he runs. He's not the most he fastest. He makes fullback. the meters, though, eh? Oh, yeah, he makes the meters when he runs. he does it. Watch the game and don't think he's done anything. He's run like 200 meters. So <laughs> what's, what's happened there? Um, so, yeah, no. You're they, correct, though. Yeah. They, the, I can tell you now the defense, especially when the Bulldogs name Hopawati at fullback, Watch his pass. Watch his pass will be the tip sheet. Mm. Watch his pass. Dallin's playing fullback. The tip sheet is watch him run. Watch him run. I because think the he's... tip sheet is attack the ball. Yeah. 
okay, that's a bit harsh. But anyway, <laughs> Nick Meany at fullback. Yeah. I know he hasn't played much fullback, and we, the past, we were saying that he needs to be a bit more push support. But when he gets in those positions where he comes into the attacking line on one side or another side, the Dragons didn't know if he was going to pass the ball to his winger. He didn't know that he was going to run it, so he's quick enough to make the decision to run, and he's he threatens the line with his speed, and he also can pass a football. So to me, moving forward, Nick Meany, I'm hoping stays at fullback mm. because he has the double double trouble, which you're always yeah. going to cause problems if you don't know if he's going to pass it or run, which is I more likely to concede points. The difference is Nick Meany's an out-and-out fullback, isn't he? Oh, Where, yeah. Uh, Hopawadi is a centre that can fill in at fullback. Well, Telly a winger that can fill in at fullback. But Nick Meany's an out-and-out fullback. Um, yeah. So, yeah, well, keep, keep him there until, uh, yeah. Until he's <laughs> Yeah, but I think the way he played there, I see so much potential in him. Yeah. That again, I know we That's signed him for a fullback. We signed him. Yeah. yeah. But I'm so excited to see him stay at fullback. I hope he gets the chance to stay there throughout the year. Because I just yeah, like I said, he yeah, you can't tip it when they've got everything. It then all he's gotta do is start developing a little kicking game. This the little grubber kick in the goal for his winger as well. And then he you got James Tedesco at fullback. With Nick <laughs> but uh, it just he, uh, a bit of bit of a ways to go until that. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying he just brings variety in which attacks. Like you just know what you're going to get from Hopper and Dallin, unfortunately, and teams can adjust to that. From the Gong up to Nui, the Bulldogs are, have another road trip this Sunday at 2 p.m. The Bulldogs take on the Knights. Uh <laughs> What can you say? It doesn't look pretty for the for the Bulldogs up against a team that looks like they've hit some attacking form and they just hit the top four as well in the night. So what do you how do you see this one playing out? See it playing out as the Caleb Ponger show. <laughs> it does look like that. He again they play they scored twenty points against Souths and very, very quickly. Uh Newcastle. So uh you get a bit concerned. Uh and they've been this year. You could say their attack was a uh, a bit clunky at certain parts of the season, and they were building on defence. So for a team who's struggling on attack, the Bulldogs uh, have got a hard defence uh, game against uh, Newcastle, who have built their wins on the back of defence. And now it's just started to look a little bit positive last week for Newcastle. Unfortunately, that they started things started to click for them and the attack again. Well, uh, Newcastle actually lead the NRL with uh, in tackles, three thousand nine hundred and seven. There's the random st- stat of the week, by the way. Yeah, the good <laughs> stat, by the way. Very good stat. Um, before we jump into it further, I'll just run you through the Bulldogs team list named by Steve John Jarlis this afternoon. Fullback is Nick Meany. The wingers are Dallin Watani, Selesniak, and Marcelo Montoya. Senders are. Kieran Holland and Jake Avilio. 5'8", Kieran Foran, halfback Lachlan Lewis. Up front, Aidan Tolman, Jeremy Marshall King at hooker, and Dylan Napa. Yeah, second rowing captain is Josh Jackson, and he's partnered with Raymond for Talamana. Putting his head in the back of the scrum is Luke Thompson. On the interchange bench, Braden Wakem, Sione Katoa, Ranoff Tulmunga, and Ophiki Ogden. And in the reserves, the four reserves named Dean Britt, Remus Smith, Chris Smith, and Jack Cogger. 
it's uh, interesting that uh, Wakem and Katoa both been landed on the bench, but I suppose that's because of the uh, injury cloud that uh, Kieran Foran's under. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, because we got even Jack Cogger in the reserves. The list. reserves, yeah. Um, did you actually really have to name them both in the team? You could have named them on the reserves. Yeah, well, like the interesting thing there is, um, like quite possibly, are we going to have Haas pairing of Cogger and Wakem this week? Mm. Oh, it could happen. It like, happen. I'm just the only reason I'm thinking of that is due to the fact that um, we've got Wakem in 14, Cogger on the reserves, and Katoa also on the bench. It's a bit. It's a bit odd. To me, it looks like Koga. Oh, sorry, Koga. Katoa is going to drop out of the team because it's like he's shifted number. He's <laughs> kind of made number. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's Chris Smith coming into the side to have the forwards, or if it's Dean Britt. Uh, yeah, it is. A, you'd imagine it'd be Chris Smith just because uh, Britt's been under a bit of injury recently. Yeah, well, I was going to say I was going to say maybe it's possible Dean Britt because he's played this year. NRL and he's played some minutes. Chris Smith that's, is well, coming back the, from... There you go, guys. That's the two ways of looking at things. <laughs> there we go. Um, surprise... Yeah, I was very surprised with the actual interchange rotate... Uh, with, yeah, Wakeham and Katoa. If that is the final 17, if that was 17 was announced, oh, goodness gracious, this could be a weird one. Um, we expect some <laughs> sort of change. I don't know what I it think, will I be. I think we can guarantee that the 17 name today is not going to be the 17 that play. It just makes me think, does uh does Steve John Jarlis given a few players like, you know, a kick up the backside or is it saying like in training like this is your week that you could be in the side? Like has he guaranteed so many players are playing? Has he just said that he's named like these way and he'll you know toss it up before he goes up there? You know, he'll make his final nineteen up uh Saturday at two o'clock and then you know his final seventeen. I'm just it makes me wonder what he's thinking, if he's got a plan already, if he's got his 17 finalised, far from injury, obviously, and if the players know that and what we know to what they know. It's just a fascinating thing, the inner sanctum of the every club. Yeah, I, I take it that by at least Wednesday, the players will know exactly what team lineup it's going to be. There you go. Uh, the Out in the, the back line is Christian Crichton has been dropped from the side, seeing Monsella Montoya push into the wing with Jake Aprilio coming in, into, into the wing or onto the wing. Out sorry, the wing. <laughs> out to the wing, onto the wing. He's playing on the wing, uh, so it's good to see Monsella Montoya not cop the brunt with that. And he gets to, you know, he's, he did debut on the wing. Uh, it was fascinating to see Kieran Holland stay in the side. Uh, I mean, but Remus Smith is on the reserve list, so I yeah. don't know if. They were just trying to play around. But in saying that, I actually don't mind Remus Smith not playing to see, just give him a kick up the backside of his attitude recently. Yeah, well, we spoke about that last week. So um, if you want to, if you haven't heard what we had to say on the brain snaps of Remus Smith, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, I'm excited to see Abrilio return from a mm. concussion-related uh, stint out of the game. Um, and the COVID <laughs> stint. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully, yeah, it wasn't his um, mum or something. His parents, the, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what happened there again? They, they, they were at they were the pub at the crossroads. Yeah, okay. They had dinner or something there or a drink, and it happened to be yeah. the night where the Victorian yeah. coming into the state who had COVID walking around Sydney 
Well, anyway. Bloody Victorians. Time to remove the state from the Federation. Uh, interesting, the uh, political <laughs> podcast. But anyway, another <laughs> noticeable loss, or another noticeable uh, out from the team this week is Suwaso Su, mm. who I thought didn't play too bad on the weekend. And uh, he even made a line break, which I was going to actually highlight as in a, as a funny moment. You can tell when a prop makes a line break because when they make so many meters, they don't know what to do with the ball after it. But Suaso Su has been taken out. Realistically, if you look at this 17 by Braden Wakeham, <laughs> so it's a bit of an odd one. Um, well, you know, maybe he's got a, a slight injury or a soreness after the game, um, that we don't know about. Um, mm. I don't think he deserved to be dropped though, mm. but anyway, so they're the um, the outs for this week, uh, or the, the changes to this week. Okay, uh, Coach Matthew, you've got your, you've now been appointed, or you're going to help Steve Nardellas cut this down to this final 17 on game day. Let's have a little bit of fun because we didn't talk too positively about our chances against Newcastle. Yep. But who makes our final out of this 21 men squad that Steve has announced today at four o'clock? Who gets cut? Who stays in? <laughs> All right, well, if I'm making the decision now, I'm just having a look at the squad. Uh, Lewis gets cut, Wakeham starts, and I bring Chris Smith off the bench, uh, off the reserve list into the bench. Mm. That's what I'm doing at this moment. If, uh, if Kieran Foran can't play, I then have Cogger as my 18th man replacement for him. Okay. If uh, I suppose... Yeah. We spoke about Smith, uh, Smith and uh, Holland earlier, didn't we? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I was to put my coach's hat on, I would cut both Lachlan Lewis and Braden Wakeham from the squad. I would start with Jack Cogger into the side, and oh, I'd. It's tempting to put Remus Smith in there, but I, w- I think we need to teach him a little bit of a lesson with his brain snaps. And like you said, we've already spoke about that. So I would probably go with Chris Smith. Give him a game this year on the interchange bench in place of Brandon Wakeham. So I'd have Cogger and Foran. If Foran is unavailable, then I would have Wakeham as his backup. So a Cogger-Wakeham half. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, before we move off this topic, because I've just... Uh... Uh, a topic has popped up in my head, so I'd be surprised to you in a sec. Um, head-to-head stats this week. Played Newcastle 50 times with 27 wins, 21 losses, and two draws. Up at uh, the Newcastle International Sports Centre, or as it's known today as um, McDonald Jones Stadium. 23 games up there with one eleven, which is not bad for an away venue. And uh, this might be a bit surprising. We've won the last five. Up at Newcastle. Up at Newcastle. Uh, and we've won six of the last seven up there well, as well. If my memory serves me correct, uh, in 2018, we actually started uh, a little bit of a run against Newcastle. We did have, I think, Ponga out injured, and then they had Slade Griffin out injured in that game. They suffered a bit of injuries, but we actually had a pretty decent win. Uh, last year when we versed Newcastle, uh, we had that epic try, uh, and it was a very gutsy performance because we lost Tolman in that game and Suaso Su. In that same game, the person replacing the first injury got injured as well. So it's a great stadium to get to if you can. A little bit of tickets and all, but uh, great stadium <laughs> to watch footy at. Yeah, it 
awesome. It's got everything in it, isn't it? It's got the yeah. nice new stands, the uh, the hill, if you like the hill. Got the seats behind the goalpost. Probably the perfect modern regional stadium. Mm. It is a good stadium. We were, we've been there. I've been there a handful of times yeah. uh, watching Bulldogs. And uh, luckily enough, I saw them win at every occasion. So that makes me go back to think that, yes, in the last five years, <laughs> we actually have one there because I've seen them win up there. Alrighty. Uh, surprise topic to finish the podcast on this week, Scotty. And, um, well, it's got to be some sad news, actually. Um, Toronto Wolfpack have withdrawn from the 2020 Super League season. Have you heard about that? Yes, I actually heard it this morning. I yeah, just thought I'd just... message it to you, but I must have not messaged it to you. No, um, <laughs> look, very disappointing news. As the creak of a door in the background. <laughs> um, look, very disappointing lose um, for the growth of the game worldwide. Uh, and the, this does relate to the brawl, so we'll get to that in a second. But before we do, uh, if you're a Toronto fan out there and you're feeling uh, upset by this and down in the dumps um, and hurt by this, um, don't listen to keyboard warriors and morons that... Um, don't want to see the game succeed. Toronto is a big part of the game succeeding, so stick in there. We're all behind you, and we'll support the Toronto Wolfpack in 2021 Super League. I did like they announced that uh, there'll be no regulation for the Super League this year. Uh, relegation. Relegation, sorry. Yeah. Relegation, apologies, uh, this yeah. year. I mean, it's upset former Bulldog Dane Chisholm, who's a bit upset because he wanted to move up. It's the but only anyway, fair thing to do, to be honest. Yeah, with this pandemic... Uh, the, I, the, I don't know the too much what is allowed in Canada and in England well, and stuff like that. What they not can travel. And... That's yeah. That's what, so the main concern was financially, not uh, for the players. The players will still be paid fifty five percent of their wages for the rest of the year. Uh, you got to remember, Toronto don't actually get any money from TV deals oh, uh, wow. at all. Uh, that was part of their acceptance into the RFL system. Uh, which they're happy to do. They're more than happy to do. Um, so all their all their money comes from memberships, tickets, um, merchandise sales at the game, all that sort of thing in Toronto. Now, they haven't been able to have a game there this year. And what they were asked to do was to play in the UK for the rest of the season where they had to hire stadiums that would be empty mm. to play games. And that's where the issue started to come in. They couldn't afford to keep hiring stadiums each week or every second week to put on games in front of no crowds mm. for a TV deal for a Sky that they don't get any money out of, mm. which is a bit ridiculous. Like, in this situation, is ridiculous. But we're not here to discuss the shortcomings of the RFL in England. Uh, how this relates to the Bulldogs? Well, uh, the players from overseas the Toronto squad uh, have now become available for NRL clubs. And they've had permission uh, while still being paid by Toronto, 55% of their contracts for the rest of the year, to come to the NRL and play. So players that all of a sudden become available are Chase Stanley, Ricky Latelli, Darcy Lussick and Sonny Bill Williams to headline the biggest names. There's also Blake Wallace, but he's never played in the NRL, only New South Wales and Queensland Cup. Uh, is there anyone there on that list, Scotty, that you wouldn't mind seeing at the Bulldogs? Uh, I mean, actually, I wouldn't actually mind Chase Stanley, but then we signed Tim Lifi, so I thought you'd be a solid centre. Well, I mean, you could. Well, I was going to say he'd be a solid centre, like a defensive centre with a bit of skill. Uh, he was at the Bulldogs before anyway, 
He did well, so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he knows the club, like, you know, he can finish off the year, but we, I suppose we signed Tim Lifeline, so that's probably out the window. Uh, I mean, you could probably say the same about Ricky Latelli as well, but again, we got he's, the he's a lot younger, remember? He left, I think he was like 24 or 25 when he left to go to Canada, so. Mm, I mean, I mean, it would be nice to have a nice aggressive forward, but I don't think Darcy Lussig is the answer for us, unfortunately. No, nah, I uh, definitely wouldn't want Darcy. No, yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't mind someone aggressive. Uh, the other one that we haven't mentioned is Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, As a rugby league fan, you know what I'd like to see happen? I'd like the, the NRL step in and... I don't know how you'd work this from a fair point of view or from a um, salary cap point of view, but it's a weird year. Let's just get past it. Let's find a way. Any player from Toronto that wants to play the NRL this year that's of a certain standard, and the NRL can make the call, should be um, given to the Warriors. Interesting. I thought we were going to just say Sonny Bill Williams. No. Uh, but, Any player should be given to the Warriors. Think about it. Four players just gone home. Mm-hmm, yeah. families. That's a big cut to the Warriors. They're looking for loan players from other clubs, which don't have a problem with under the COVID conditions. Um, but if these players want to come back to the NRL and play, give them to the Warriors. There's four or five players there uh, in almost the exact same positions that they've lost. Mm. Yeah. Two, two outside backs, uh, two forwards. Mm. That's so, Oh, sorry, three forwards depending on what you count, Sonny has. But, um, yeah, I reckon that would be fair. I don't think too many people would be too upset by that. Uh, Even if the NRL put in some money for it. Interesting is that one thing I thought was Sonny Bill Williams, even with a 55% paycheck, what he's reported to be on, surely Mm. he could have rented the stadiums for him and still walked away with some money. (laughs) Well, I was saying this to to my wife today, actually. Uh, Sonny Bill's on a $10 million deal, I think. Sorry. The contract is valued at $10 million over three years, but he doesn't get paid that. So part of that deal is a um, pretty innovative deal for rugby league, at least. He has become a shareholder or a partner, owner of the Toronto Wolfpack. Interesting. So the value of whatever, I think he, I think it's 10% or whatever it is, whatever percentage he's got, they valued... Um, they valued the percentage that he's got into his contract. Mm. So he might be on a $9, $10 million valued contract, but um, you know the money he's taken home might only be 2 $3 million overall, or maybe it's slightly higher. Still pretty good, though. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose Sonny could take a, a, a smaller contract for the Warriors anyway. I mean, if you're thinking about Let's let's say he's on, let's say he's on four and a half million dollars for three years, actual take home money. So what's that? Just over one point two a year. Half of that six hundred thousand. So he's already on yeah. six hundred and ten thousand dollars or something like that before mm. he even starts to get paid by the NRL or the Warriors. Yeah, so you could just take a, a minimum wage contract, really, and then that way he could you could get away with that. To... But you could give him two hundred thousand dollars, mm, and he's still developing his. Uh... You know, like he wants to play next year. Yeah. So if he's being serious about being an athlete, yeah, take the deal. Yeah. All right, I think we're done here, Scott. Yeah, we're done. Uh, 
uh, make sure you uh, follow us on the socials. Uh, on Twitter, it's at NRL Bulldogs fans. Instagram, uh, it's NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. And then give us an email at nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Next week, the return of Old Dog will come back. Bye.